On this episode of Talking Schmidt, Josh Stevenson joins me to break down ESPN's all-time starting lineups for every NBA team. And we're going to tell you who we would think would win the NBA playoffs with those lineups. Plus, in our Schmidt break, Justin and I break down a, the introduction to Twitter of an NFL quarterback. And if there's a nine-part series on Tom Brady, are you watching? I'll have all that and more in this week's Talking Schmidt. Welcome into episode five of Talking Schmidt. I'm deep in the heart of the studio that I'm going to start calling the Schmidt House Studio. I got to keep playing off that pun here. My special guest at this time is someone that is very near and dear to me, and I say that because I started my sports broadcasting journey off uh, in the college ranks with this guy. We started off calling Lady Govs Basketball and went into Govs Basketball. We ended up calling Govs Football together, and on top of that, we ended up getting baseball uh, added to our repertoire. And not to mention, we are nationally uh, award-winning broadcasters. we got to throw that out there. My guest today is Josh Stevenson. Josh, welcome to Talking Schmidt. Hey, man, thanks. I'm excited to be here, and I'm just like you, man. you got to throw out the national award whenever you can. Uh, but uh, excited to be here and excited to talk about what we're going to talk about because this is a fun topic. Yeah, man, I know you're a huge basketball fan, and uh, I know right now it's probably weird to not – I mean, we should be seeing the finals. like that. We should be in playoff basketball. We should be very close to the finals here. Um what is it right now for you? Because I know that basketball is, is your favorite sport. What is it like for you right now? Um, what are you doing to try and, and pass the time without being able to really do anything basketball related? Well, you know, I, I'm someone that likes to play pickup basketball. I'm someone that likes to, you know, have these conversations about the greatest of all time. You know, these debates, the last dance thing with the, the 98 Bulls has been fascinating. Um, and it's really interesting because this could be legacy defining kind of stuff when it comes to if this season gets played out, you know, look at the hypotheticals, LeBron, would he win another championship? This season doesn't get played out. How does that affect his legacy? Does somebody else, another team step up that could, that's going to lose an opportunity to, uh, to, to win a championship. You look at the Clippers, you know, they put this team together to win multiple championships. Well, this could be a opportunity that will pass them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I know there's talk about maybe um, continuing the season in Orlando um, or, you know, at uh, the Walt Disney uh, Wild Wide World of Sports facility. Um, so it's just weird. Um, a lot of NBA 2K20, you know, the, the, the my team, um, building my fantasy teams. Um, so any way I can get basketball, I'm trying to, to do that and holding out hope that we get the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of us are. Uh, I even agree with you. I think right now, you know, basketball's not always been, you know, my top sport. You know, I'm a big NFL guy, big football guy. But at this point, um, I've been watching Bundesliga soccer. You know, I mean, like I saw <laughs> I saw La Liga's coming back and I was like, all right, man, I'll, I'll watch some, you know, I'll watch whatever I can that's live at this point just to have there something that's a live sporting event. So let's go ahead right. and jump into it, man. You talked about these legacy-defining teams, and uh, ESPN uh, for this this past week decided they were going to release uh, their all-time starting fives. Um, 
from their list, I've counted down my top five rosters, or at least their top five starting fives. Um, I've put that list kind of together in my mind. Um, It might differ a little bit from yours, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you what my five are. I'm going to start from five, and then I'll let you uh, see what you think, and then give me your top five if if we'll go ahead and roll with that. So my my number five, I have Orlando there. I have the magic. Um, The starting five of Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, T-Mac, Dwight, Shaq. It just seems like, you know, if if that's a team that's going to get out and uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, to start off with everything. It's just that team would be so much fun uh, to see, you know, Shaq in his prime with Dwight Howard um, and, and, of course, Penny Hardaway and then, of course, Tracy McGrady. I, I just really like that team. Um, I also thought, you know, you could have put like a, uh, you know, maybe a Detroit there or something like that because they had a good uh, yeah. team ra- ranking as well. At my four, I have the San Antonio Spurs because, I mean, I mean, you just look at the team that they could put together from an all-time standpoint. Having Tim Duncan in his prime with the Admiral in his prime is just crazy. Uh, Tony Parker out there, uh, Manu Ginobili's out there. I mean, just uh, just phenomenal roster there. At my number three, that's where I have the Miami Heat. Um, we already knew how talented you know it was when we saw D Wade, uh, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh together on that offense. Imagine if you have a guy like Shaq out there, Alonzo Mourning out there. I mean, that's a very talented. Uh, historic starting five. My two, I know my some people might get upset with me, uh, upset with me about this. My two, that's where I have Chicago with the Bulls. Um, I am a huge MJ guy. I love MJ. Um, you know, and you look at the roster that they had with you know you have MJ and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. You add Derrick Rosen, that's great. Uh, the only team that I think has a better starting five is, of course, the Lakers on that list. And that's not just because I'm a, I'm a Lakers guy. Uh, you know, my dad growing up in, in Southern California, I just, I mean, you have Magic and Kobe, uh, Jerry West, who's the NBA logo. Uh, you have Kareem, you have Shaq. I mean, that's a team that's going to be very hard to beat. So that was my five. How do you differ from me? What does your five look like? So uh, the, the the I think the biggest difference I see from mine to yours is the exclusion of the Warriors. Now, I do think the Magic the magic, um, is a very interesting choice because you look at those players and you think about when those players played on those that team, on the, on the Magic. you got young Shaquille O'Neal. you got young T-Mac. you got Hardaway if that injury hadn't derailed his career. A team that, if you look at it in a seven-game series, would be a monster to go against. So very interesting top five. Mine go from five to one. Mine goes to Spurs. I mean, you got the Admiral, you got Duncan, you got Parker, you got Ginobili. Um, and you also, if you're looking at benches, you got you bring in Kawhi off the bench with that team. Just an absolute star-studded lineup. The Heat, I have at number four. I mean, you got Wade and LeBron in their primes. Um, was O'Neal really in his prime when he played with the Heat? No, but even Shaquille O'Neal at eighty percent is better than most uh, big men. Um, in the league. Number three, you've got the Lakers because you do have Kobe. You do have O'Neal in his prime. You also have arguably the best point guard in all time in Magic Johnson. You also have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I don't even want to talk about the potential bench that the Lakers could bring. Right. You've got Elijah Baylor, James Worthy, those type of players. Um, the most interesting to me, though, was the number two position with the Bulls because of the this, the absolute freakish thought of having Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman on the floor with a 22-year-old MVP-worthy Derrick Rose with that athletic ability. Think about that backcourt. How do you defend that <laughs> with the athletic ability 
that would be trotted out on the floor with that starting five. And not even to throw around the fact that they have Artis Gilmore, a 7-2 defensive um, a, a, a player that could add an element that maybe Jordan really never had in his run to six championships with somebody that could rebound and block shots with a 7-2 frame. So I have them at number two. And then mine is number at number one is the Warriors. I mean, you look at it, you have the best backcourt arguably all time with Steph and, and, and Clay. You got Kevin Durant on that team as well. Draymond, I'm a little iffy on Draymond, uh, but you also add in uh, Will Chamberlain. So um, it's it's a little difficult to 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 go against that lineup, but uh, that's my top five: Warriors, Bulls, Lakers, Heat, Spurs. But I really agree with that Magic. Um, a selection by you that they're they're pushing on that top five because that starting five is nasty. Well, here's the reason why I left Golden State off because I had a question about that lineup. Uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, Kevin Durant he came in; it, it was a big part of that. But when you look at, to me at least. When I'm looking at Golden State all times, I, I kind of felt there was a few guys maybe that got a little snubbed on on guys who could be potential, you know, starters for them on that all time starting five because they had some great guys. The the we believe uh, guys I felt were were not represented with Golden State, and maybe it made me a little bit angry because I did like guys okay. like Jason Richardson, I did oh. like guys like Baron Davis who were you know a crucial part in you know if those guys aren't around, you know. Golden State, who knows what happens to that franchise if, if they can't have at least that little bit of run before they did start getting in these guys like Steph and Clay um, on their team. So that's kind of why I had them off uh, of my list because looking at it, I just felt like there could have been a potential to have a guy like Jason Richardson on there who was, I mean, he could just jump out of a gym. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. So that was, that was one thing. And another one that should I, I feel like a lot of people are going to say, well, why didn't you put him on there? are the Celtics. And the reason why I didn't put the Celtics in my five is because I thought that they gypped Kevin Garnett. I thought Kevin Garnett should be on that starting five. And I, now, granted, they have a great starting five. Don't get me wrong oh, yeah. for, for Boston. Um, you know, with uh, Bob Cousy, uh, they had Paul Pierce on there. They had Larry Bird on there and, of course, Bill Russell. But I, I just think of that, and I think of the big three that was there, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett. I mean, granted, yeah, those yeah. would be guys that would come off the bench. But I don't see... You, why you wouldn't start a guy like Kevin Garnett, which made me a little bit, you know, uh, against that Celtics lineup uh, to right. not have yeah, them in my five. You look at it too. They talk about it in the piece that the decision between Kevin McHale and Paul Pierce to put him on that on this list. Paul Pierce's Finals MVP is what earned him the nod to get on this list. Well, Paul Pierce doesn't get to the finals without Kevin Garnett. Yeah. So I I, I totally agree where you're coming from there. Now, when we talk about our uh, our top eights from each conference, Boston makes it. But yeah, for that moment, one hundred percent, just yeah, one of those you. one of those questions I had. Another question I had is, you know, we we talk about how and you're talking about the last dance to start this off with as great as MJ has been, and 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 you know, if you're a LeBron guy, maybe you don't feel this way. But most people would tell you the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball is going to be Michael Jordan. Uh, I think Magic summed it up really well the other day. He said, best all around, you're looking at a guy like LeBron James, but the greatest of all time, you're looking at Michael Jordan. Um, I'm one of those firm believers that Kobe doesn't always get put in the mentions there, and I feel like he should. But uh, that's just that's for another podcast time, I think. But for this moment, at least, do you think MJ, should they have put him on the Wizards as well? Uh, you look at it from that point. I mean, when you talk about maybe the best players to ever play for that franchise, I mean, 
MJ at 40 is probably still better than, you know, some of the players that maybe they put on the Wizards list. But I think they were also looking for longevity with, you know, I saw some of the articles talking about some teams that, hey, you know, they had this player, but maybe they were only there for a year or two. So that's why we chose longevity over maybe just pure ability of the one player that was there for so so amount of time. And I agree with that. I'm someone that tends to, to lean towards, oh, this player was a great player for this franchise because he was there seven, eight, nine years, not because he was there one or two years. So I kind of agree with what they did, um, putting John Wall, uh, Earl the Pearl, Gus Johnson, Elvin Hayes, um, you know, those players on the Wizards, even though an argument rightfully could be made to put Jordan on that. I, that's what I just kind of felt with. Let's move in now, man, before we get into our, our talk, before we head to break here. We're going to talk about our dream teams. And so, um, obviously, I think our five is probably very close to each other. Uh, like I said, uh, I think our, our benches would be a little bit different. Um, I did have some guys that I thought could be honorable mentions that I didn't have on my team. One of those guys, Russell Westbrook, who I think is a very talented player. I could totally have him on on my bench, at least uh, for this, but I don't have him per se on this. Another guy like Carl Malone, I think, is very deserving of any dream team, of any you know all-time team for certain. Um, I also didn't have Larry Bird or Dirk Nowitzki on there. Uh, on my bench. Um, I don't know if you had any of those guys on your bench. Um, if you do, yeah. make a claim for me on at least one or two or whoever you have. Yeah, so no, I've got Bird and I've got Nowitzki. And now, you know, I'm somebody that's more of a, a post-centric basketball fan. Yes. I like the big guys. I like the guys that um, maybe aren't super athletic but still get the job done. And two that really fit that bill um, are Nowitzki and Bird. Um so, you know, those are two players I have coming off my bench. Um, another one I have coming off my bench, which might be surprising, but it just fell the way it did. You know, I got Kevin Durant. That would be my sixth man off the bench of my starting five, all-time starting five. He would be the guy coming in, um, very similar to how Harden was in OKC initially in his career. Durant would be that guy for me. And uh, I'm with you there, Malone. Carl Malone, he's on my my bench, one of my players coming off. I mean, the mailman, the longevity, the ability to dominate over such a long period of time. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Well, my bench, I feel bad. I, I think people are going to think I don't like Kevin Durant, which I do like Kevin Durant a lot, but I did not have him on my bench. Um, well, it, I, comes in, it comes into personal preference. Yeah, you know? it, it you, does. You're, you're building a team. You're kind of a GM. How yeah. would you want your team to flow? Um, so I understand that. My bench, I have uh, I have Steph Curry on there because I, I, I do like Steph Curry a lot. I think the guy just has an mm-hmm. uh, amazing shot. He's just got to, you know, I mean, if you want a guy that's going to shoot the ball, Steph's there for you. Um, I have Tim Duncan on my bench. Um, again, I also have Reggie Miller, so another guy that can shoot lights out. Ooh, I, I'm more okay. of a I'm more of a shooter guy. That, that's you how are. I've always you been. Um, even though I'm not a good shooter and I'm more of a, uh, a facilitator, <laughs> you would think Steve Nash and John Stockton would be on there, but they're not. I apologize okay. to those guys. Um, uh, I also have AI coming off the bench as well, and Ooh, then I have okay. Kareem there as well. So that was kind of my right. bench that I had. Anybody else that you okay. want to add to your bench? Uh, I have I have Kareem. Um, that's that's he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, so and also Elijah one. Those are the other two that I would say um, coming off my bench. My my starting five. You're going to see that I went for. Uh, skill and size. Um, you have a little bit more of the facilitators and the and the, sh- the sharpshooters and you know um, the AIs and Steph Curry's of the world. Mine's more of a bigger 
skill based, maybe not the most uh, the speed wise, not the best, but um, more of a back to the basket, um, passing the ball, that kind of thing. So um, I'm interested to see what your starting five is. So my starting five, I, I wish we had the the Bulls intro, so I could just start it like oh, that. that. You great. know, that'd be great, and that'd just go into our announcer modes Ooh. real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my starting five, though, that I have, obviously, I have MJ. Um, you you can't have Mike. Uh, Michael Jordan has to be on uh, any team. Um, yeah. He's just, uh, I mean, like I said, I, I'm one of those firm believers that he is the greatest to ever, you know, step on the hardwood. That, that's just how I've always felt. Um, I love MJ. Uh, I. I, I love guys who are gamers, and, and that's what you're going to yeah. find for my starting fivers. They're guys who right. just change the game. Uh, with Michael, I have uh, Magic Johnson because, I okay. mean, Magic Johnson is phenomenal. Um, I have Kobe on that team as well on my starting five. I'm going to have some great guards, I'll tell you that much. Uh, that's right. But, that's but right. you know, of course, guys like MJ, guys like Kobe, they're guys that could step up, you know, and, and now – when you look at basketball, you do have that hybrid guard forward position as well. And I feel like those guys are guys that could step up into that role. I have LeBron James on there. Um, that's my fourth guy. And then my fifth guy, that's where I have Shaq. I have Shaq up there because okay. I think Shaq in his prime um, steps up to any challenge. And I think he just adds a sense of excitement to it. Um, I think there'd be a lot of uh, maybe back and forth with the guards, at least, and, and even with LeBron yeah. James of who do you have taking that shot. But I feel good that if it's uh, you get down to the last shot, I have four guys on the court that I wouldn't mind taking the last shot, and then two guys coming off the bench I wouldn't mind taking a last shot either. So that's my yeah. starting five. I, I imagine we're somewhat close, maybe three of the five same, somewhere around that, but um, yeah, I'll let we're, you go. We're, yeah, we're close. You're right, three out of the five. So I, I approach my starting five as kind of a positionless uh, approach. I've got LeBron James at the point guard position, so kind of the uh, next generation Magic Johnson, if you will. You have Magic on your team. I've got LeBron on mine running point. Um, the two and three guards, I've got Jordan and Bryant. Um, so, you know, Jordan could guard anywhere, you know, the, the one through the three. Kobe could guard anywhere from the one to the four. Um, so that defensive and offensive versatility there, um, I just couldn't pass that up. Now, here's where we differ a little bit. Um, we differ on James and Johnson when I come to the point guard position. I've got Tim Duncan at my four, and here's the reason why I have Tim Duncan at my four, because I have Shaquille O'Neal at the five, and I feel like their games would complement each other very well. Shaq, more of that huge physical presence down low. Duncan with the fundamentals, able to step away from the basket a little bit with the jump shot. Um, he did all the little things really well. So that overwhelming presence of, Sha of Shaquille O'Neal inside with the Duncan being able to kind of compliment him in the post area. Um, and I think, too, with James running point guard, you've got two fearless shooters in Jordan and Bryant that would be willing to take any shot, and LeBron is the facilitator for those type of guys. So that's my starting five, James, Jordan, Bryant, Duncan, O'Neal. I think what we need to do is we need to meet up and we need to create these rosters on 2K. There you go. And just simulate go. and watch it and see what happens. I have yeah, Twitch. We, we can make it happen. Hey, let's do it, man. <laughs> I'm game. I, I'm down with it as well, man. So let's uh, let's go ahead. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to keep these, these all-star rosters picked by ESPN. We're going to 
kind of seed our top eight from the East and the West, and uh, then we're going to talk ourselves through uh, an NBA Finals. I think we might be close on these, maybe a few differences in seeding, um, but I think we're going to be pretty close. But we're going to have more when we come back after the break. So we're back with our second segment here. Josh Stevenson joining me yet again. We're looking at these all-time NBA rosters. ESPN released them earlier this, uh, or last week at least, and uh, the rosters, we now have our chance to seed these teams and put them in a playoff mode. Um, Josh, I'm going to let you go ahead and start off here because I have my eight for each in front of me. I want to know what right. yours are, and then I'll tell you how mine differ, and then we'll go into there. So if you want to start with the East, and then I'll tell you my East, and then we'll go West, and then we'll go and we'll we'll see how our playoffs we feel would break down. So if you want to go ahead, man, and, and yeah. start this off. All right, so in the East, going down to one through eight, it goes the Bulls, the Heat, the 76ers, the Celtics, the Bucks, um, the Magic, the Knicks, and then the Cavs. That's my uh, one through eight seating in the East. So those matchups would be one versus eight, Bulls, Cavs, two versus seven, Heat, Knicks, threes versus six, 76ers, Magic, and four versus five, Celtics, Buck. I like that. My uh, mine's a little bit different from you. I'm going to tell you that much. Okay. I, I have, I did leave the Cavs off. I, I know that. Okay. The reason, I mean, if you look at, you know, even early LeBron James was, you know, great yeah. for Cleveland. And then when he came back, it was great for Cleveland. Um, I just had my, here's how I broke it down for you before I keep stuttering through how I explain it. But here we go. So my one is Chicago. Obviously, there's, it's the Bulls, uh, you know, right. You, you look at that roster, it's just phenomenal. I do have Boston at two. Um, okay. I just think if, if you played a full season with that Boston team, they would probably just kind of chip away at everybody. Um, three, I have Miami there. Four, I actually put Detroit at four. Um, I think okay. they're just a gritty lineup yeah. with guys like Isaiah Thomas. You have Big Ben Wallace. And if you think about a bench, imagine like Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups, yeah. those guys coming off the bench. Uh, and, and not to mention some of those bad boy Pistons, you'd have like a Rodman coming off there. Ooh. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty tough Detroit team, and I feel like that's how Detroit would want it. Uh, my five, I have Orlando. I have the Knicks at six. Uh, I have the Pacers at seven, and then okay. I have the 76ers at eight. I wanted to put Milwaukee there. Um, I felt like they would might be the first team out. I just I love Giannis. I I, I know you're a, you're a guy who likes big physical guys and guys who can just play very well. And Giannis is that guy. Um, I love Giannis. It was just kind of looking at it and just wondering uh, could they make it through a full season? I think they could. I, that's why I said they're my first team out. And they also have uh, Toronto kind of sitting on the outside looking in because that Toronto f- starting five was pretty deadly when you look at some of the guys they had on there so my eight I stopped with Philly at eight um the 76ers lineup was just so great I I mean thinking like an AI Dr. J and Charles Barkley with Wilt Chamberlain I mean that that is nasty yeah yeah and you also got Julius Irving yeah you know yeah I mean it's just that's going to be a high-flying fun team to watch yeah I agree with you on that one all right man let's move into the west what do you have going on in the west so I'm I, I, I'm I'm very curious to see what you have here, but I, I still have the Warriors with that number one overall seed in the West. That lineup is absolutely disgusting. A very close second, I've got the Lakers. 
Here's a surprising one that might catch you a little off guard. I have three OKC at number three in my playoff rankings for the West. Spurs at four, Trailblazers at five, Rockets at six, Suns at seven, and then the grit and grind Grizzlies at number eight. I did leave Memphis off, but I that right that lineup is is very good. It, it could have been one that I felt was more of like an honorable mention, just yeah. missing the cut for me on there. Um, my eight that I have, I do have the Lakers one. Um, okay. I do have the Spurs two, just because I okay. think when I think of the Spurs and I think of how they play basketball, I just feel like if we played a full season um, with those guys in their prime, knowing that Popovich is the coach they're probably going to somehow find themselves in a very top spot just because of just yeah. that team dynamic that they had. I do have Golden State at three. Um, right. I have Houston at four. I have the Utah Jazz on mine because um, I think, right. you know, even even a young, I think in the next few years, a guy like Donovan Mitchell is going to be added to that starting five lineup. I really do because of just the talent he displays. Um, I have Portland at six. I have Phoenix at seven. And I do have OKC at eight. Uh, some some outside okay. you know looks. I do have uh, Dallas. That would be on the outside because a very talented Mavericks team. And then I do have the Supersonics there, even though you know that technically became OKC. Um, I I think that Seattle lineup was really cool as well. So yeah, no, I agree. Let's go ahead and jump into our playoff mode here. So you have your ones versus your eights. You have Bulls versus Cavs. How do you think yeah. that breaks down uh, in I that have- round? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a young LeBron James, that's why I think this team makes that eighth seed um, because LeBron wills his team to the playoffs. But that Bulls team against that Cavs team, overwhelming. I think the Cavs do squeak out one, but I think it's a 4-1 series, a five-game series. Bulls move on against the Cavs. Yeah, I have the Bulls uh, beating Philly uh, in my one versus eight Chicago. I feel it could be – I mean – Depending on what might be said beforehand, uh, you know, Chicago yeah. could sweep that series it or it could sweet. be a 4 right. 1. So yeah. uh, that's how I looked at it as well. Um, on the West side, you have Golden State versus Memphis. I have LA versus OKC. Yeah. So the Warriors, I think they win the series, um, but I do think the Grizzlies, with that, the, their defensive toughness, I mean, it's a team that you don't want to play a seven game series again. So I think the Grizzlies find a way to win two games at home, uh, but, the, uh, but the Warriors close them out in six to move on the 4-2 series. Golden State, Steph Curry, the Splash Brothers moving on. I have uh, the Lakers kind of running roughshod on OKC. Uh, it would be a great matchup. I think I think in that matchup you could either have the Lakers at least, you know, they, there's a possibility they lose two on the road, like you mentioned, against Memphis, but I, I just don't see the Lakers giving up more than two games, uh, even against a, a young uh, uh, OKC squad just because of the more of the power that's going to be in the middle with guys like Kareem and Shaq that, um, you know, obviously Durant's going to be more in that guard position, so he's not really going to be stepping out there. So uh, if you have, you know, just Serge Ibaka trying to go up against Shaq, I'm taking Shaq, uh, you know, oh, 11 out of 10 times. So yeah. um, not yeah. not saying Serge isn't great, but, you know, that that's a yeah. very tough matchup for me. So uh, let's move into our two seeds here. In the East, we have Boston. I have Boston, Indiana. You have Miami versus New York. Uh, and then you have L.A. versus Houston, uh, Phoenix. Excuse me. I have San, San Antonio versus Phoenix. Uh, give me your East prediction, and I'll give you mine. 
I got the Heat moving on against the Knicks, 4-2, a six-game series. I mean, LeBron, Wade, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning. Um, I mean, you just can't you can't pick against that. I mean, it's a great Knicks lineup, um, but LeBron, D-Wade in their primes, um, whether it was the Heatles um, and still Shaq at 85 90%, the Heat move on to the second round, 4-2 over the Knicks. Yeah, I have Boston winning mine fairly easily against Indiana. Um, a lot of Indiana, you know, I think that could be a 4-1 series just by the talent that, you know, Boston's going to bring out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to see the shooting matchup between Larry Bird and Reggie Miller. I think that'd be Ooh. phenomenal. Uh, that'd be so Man. cool to watch if we ever actually yeah. got to experience that, which we might on 2K if we do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that would be a, a really cool series, I feel, but I, I just don't see Boston really getting slowed down there. In the West, you have the Lakers taking on Phoenix. I have San Antonio versus Phoenix. Um, I feel like Phoenix fails in this situation for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the starting lineup for Phoenix is super intriguing. I mean, you've got one of the best distributors ever in Steve Nash. Amari Stoudemire was a monster um, in Phoenix when healthy, um, but that Lakers team is just disgusting. So, you got I got the Lakers moving on 4 1 to get to the second round. I feel my two versus my seven is a is a possible game seven situation, honestly, with San Antonio okay. and Phoenix. Um, I know that obviously the Admiral and Tim Duncan down low. I, I feel that um, you know Charles Barkley and Amari Stoudemire would be a great matchup down low uh, against San Antonio. I still think that it could be a, you know a game six or a game seven in that situation. Uh, but I still have San Antonio advancing in that one. Let's move on to our three versus six matchup. For you, you have the 76ers taking on the Orlando Magic. Uh, on the East, for me, I have Miami taking on New York. What do you think would be the outcome? Uh, well, I just can't pick against AI, Charles Barkley, Dr. J. Um, I think they win it in a six-game series, 4-2, 76ers move on. I have uh, Miami beating New York as well. I think, it'd be, I think it could be... Oh, man, with Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron James, uh, that would be a very tough team. Alonzo Mourning, Shaq. Um, yeah. I still think, uh, even against the Knicks, I still think that could be a, a five-game series. It could be a six-game. Um, like you said, maybe maybe two wins in the Garden, but the rest goes to uh, Miami there. On your west side, you have OKC taking on Houston, the Battle of James Harden. Um, yeah. I have Golden State versus the Trailblazers. Uh, who wins, uh, old James Harden or new James Harden? So this is probably my biggest upset. I got OKC winning in a seven-game series, and the reason I do that is just because of the prolific, prolific, excuse me, scoring of the of the Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook mix. Um, I just think it'd be a little too much. I mean, Durant. And also with Paul George, I mean, that that one through four there is disgusting. And Serge Ibaka is not going to have to worry about anything other than protecting the rim, rebounding the basketball. I think the just scoring output that OKC potentially could put out on the floor overwhelms the Rockets. Um, I have the OKC uh, Thunder moving on 4-3 at seven games. My three versus six, I have Golden State versus Portland. Uh, I think Golden State sweeps that just uh, kind of based on the matchup there. I mean, it would be cool to see, uh, you know, Clyde Drexler out there. But, you know, uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, you know, Draymond's going to play physical. You just kind of have to go with that with that Golden State uh, starting five. Let's go our fours versus our fives. I have Detroit um, against Orlando in the east. You have Boston versus Milwaukee. 
Yeah, so this is going to show um, some love here to the Bucks. I've got the Bucks moving on in a seven-game series. I am a massive fan of Antetokounmpo. I think he's like just the versatility that he brings to the floor. Um, and you also have Big O, Kareem, um, before he went to the Lakers, and also Ray Allen um, back in his younger days in Milwaukee. I think it's a tough, tough squad. Also, Sidney Moncrief. Um, I have them moving on in seven games against themselves. See, I actually, this is my upset pick. I actually have Orlando uh, stunning Ooh. Detroit. I think it'd be a seven-game oh. series. Um, but I actually take the five seed in this one, mainly because I just feel, you know, you talked about it earlier. If Penny Hardaway doesn't have that injury, you know, how mm-hmm. great is that Magic's team? Uh, on top of that, you know, Ben Walls versus Shaq, we've seen it before, um, but then you add in Dwight Howard, I, I think definitely right. adds in there. Um, again, the bench would be a huge part for the Pistons. I think that could be um, what would, if they did win, uh, the reason why it might go to seven. But I think in the end, you know, you got a light-out shooter like Tracy McGrady out there. I, I don't know if you can uh, you know, pick against a guy like that. So I have the upset there. I, I do take the magic over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, on the oh, west I- side... I have Houston versus Utah. You have San Antonio versus Portland. Yeah, so now this is my classic what-if scenario. So you look at this Portland lineup, and there's a lot of what-ifs. Brandon Roy could have been a generational-type talent minus the injury. So could Bill Walton. I think LaMarcus Aldridge will go down as one of the best on-the-block scorers of all time. In seven games, I have the Blazers upsetting the Spurs and moving on to the second round. Big upset. We we like that five over four, don't yeah. we? All yeah, right, we man. do. We do. Let's move into your next round. So for you, you have Chicago versus Milwaukee, uh, and then you have Houston versus Philadelphia. Or not Houston, excuse me. I what did I mess up here? Uh, you have no. You have the Heat. Excuse me, I, I yeah. wrote wrong here. You have the Heat no, versus. Uh, you have the Heat versus the Seventy Sixers. What do you think happens? Give me the breakdown in both those games. So I think the matchups are fascinating. I mean, you got AI versus Dwayne Wade. That's probably the matchup there. You got LeBron versus Julius Irving or Charles Barkley. Um, But I do think the Heat move on. And I think the Heat move on in six games because of the versatility that the Heat starting lineup brings with LeBron and Dwayne Wade playing multiple positions, Alonzo Mourning and and, and Shaq down low. I mean, you're just – think about trying to get a rebound or getting a shot off in the paint against those two. Um, so I think it's a close series. I think it's a physical series. I think AI probably averages 35 to 40 points, um, but I have the Heat moving on against the 76ers. What do you have, Chicago versus Milwaukee? What'd you have on that one? Well, you can't pick. You can't pick against Jordan. I mean, especially after watching the Last Dance and the, the absolute drive to win that Jordan had. I have the Bulls winning, and I have the Bulls winning in five against the Bucks. Um, that that lineup: Scottie Pippen and and Jordan. Probably the best duo to ever play in the NBA when it comes to just the versatility they brought out on the court. I have the Bulls moving on in five. I have uh, Chicago obviously beating Orlando. Um, I think Orlando would kind of be in over their head once they actually got to Chicago. (laughs) Um, And then I also have, I actually have Boston beating Miami. I just think that would be one of those ones that would come down to who's coming off the bench 
for Boston. Boston taking that one, but I think it would be a, a best of seven series, um, even as talented as that Heat team would be. You do have have some of the best players to ever really touch the hardwood coming in for Boston. But again, you have yeah. Kevin Garnett, you have Ray Allen coming in there. Uh, it would be crazy to see how talented that team would actually be. So I do have Boston winning um, in that series, setting up a great rivalry between Boston and in Chicago as well. Uh, on the other side, on the West, you have Golden State against Portland, and you have L.A. versus OKC. I have L.A. taking on Houston and San Antonio taking on Golden State. What do you think happens on the West? So I really think this is where the cream rises to the top. Um, you know, the Warriors, that starting five, is just ridiculous. I think they beat the Blazers in a six-game series. And that Lakers lineup could arguably – um, sweep OKC when you have this, the dominant presence of Shaquille O'Neal and the ability of Kobe on the outside, let alone with Magic and everyone else on that team. And you talk about the bench. I mean, Boston and LA probably have the deepest bench you could talk about in this scenario. So I have the Lakers moving on in five as well, mat- matching up against the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, on my side, I'm I'm going to have that as well. I have the Lakers. Uh, I think they'd kind of just run through Houston. Um, it would more than likely be a, at most a five-game series, but I just see L.A. kind of running through there. And then I actually have Golden State upsetting San Antonio. That's where it comes down to the guard play, I feel. You know, those guys up front, you know, does Tony Parker match up against Steph Curry? Uh, does Mono, you know, does he match up against, uh, you know, Clay Thompson? And then Kevin Durant, do you have somebody that can really shut down Kevin Durant in that situation? You know, Tim Duncan and the Admiral are going to get theirs, that's for certain. Um, but Draymond and Wilt, they're going to get theirs as well. You know, and Draymond being able to kind of step out and still shoot uh, does help out, you know, the the third splash brother, if you will, uh, or yeah. fourth at least, if you want to kid, put Kevin Durant in that situation. But I still think that that Golden State team, that'd be tough to handle. So we're on to our, uh, we're on to our conference finals here. You have Chicago versus Miami. Uh, I have on the East, I have Chicago versus Boston. What is your prediction there? So I have a seven-game series, and even though the the homer in me that's been a LeBron fan my entire life wants to pick the Heat, um, I don't think you can take the man off the mountaintop until you have the championship rings that he has. So I have the Bulls moving on in seven games. I mean, it would be, I mean, it would epitomize the word legendary this matchup with these lineups. But I think the will to win of Michael Jordan and what he's done, what he did. And what he could have done even more had he not retired, had he not left uh, Chicago when he did. I have the Bulls moving on to the finals in this playoff series. I have Chicago winning as well. I don't know if it would be a best of seven series in my Eastern Conference against Boston. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that you know Chicago could probably win that in six. Maybe they lose some. You know they lose two games in Boston, but I, I don't see them. You know needing that game seven to win this series. I think they would win in six just fine. Um, like you mentioned, just the talent that's going to be out there, Michael Jordan, and you know what Larry Bird has said about Michael Jordan if you've watched The Last yeah. Dance. So yeah, <laughs> um, pretty pretty simple to to know where that's going to be at. On the other side yeah. of that, on the West, you have Golden State taking on Los Angeles. Angeles, and that is actually my matchup that I have as well as the Lakers versus the Warriors. Yeah, so you look at this, Ethan. You've got the matchup of old school versus new school. I mean, the Warriors lineup changed the game of basketball with the shooting of the three-point shot by Steph and Clay, and also when you added Kevin Durant. But 
I can't pick against the Lakers with the presence that Shaquille O'Neal would bring. And I think the way he would wear out the low post players for um, the Warriors and the way that Kobe would be able to harass and shut down either Steph or or Clay. I just think the matchups, if you really break them down, favor the Lakers. I have the Lakers in six. That's kind of what I looked at, too. I, I think it could be a best-of-seven situation, or it could be a six. You know, they lose two when they're in, a, you know, up in the Bay Area and then just come back to L.A. and and send it to the ship. But, you know, when I really look at it, uh, that Lakers team, man, it's just so stacked because I think a lot of people don't always put into perspective. You know, Kevin Durant is definitely a game-changer for that Warriors lineup. But when you're looking at what the Lakers would have come out there, uh, you just have, in my opinion, you just have gamers. You have guys who, you know, don't want to lose. Not saying that the Warriors team, you know, that they, you know, I just feel it's maybe it's a different mentality. You know, someone someone would come out and they would tell someone like Kobe Bryant, like, you know, Durant's going to put up so much, you know, so many points against you guys. You're not going to be able to stop him. And Kobe's going to make it his mission that Durant has, you know, maybe 10 points. You know what I'm saying? That That's right. that's yeah. why I also yeah. feel that Lakers lineup, you know, and then they're going to say, well, Draymond, you know, Draymond's going to try to hassle you, Shaq, and Shaq's going to laugh it off and do what he does best, which is just dominate the paint. And then I feel like your X factor out there, Kareem, you know, Kareem taking on, you know, a young Wilt Chamberlain. And that's going to be fun to watch because Kareem as a Laker, I mean, he was unstoppable. So when you really look at that lineup, like you said, it comes down to the positions. And I think, you know, Steph's going to shoot well. You know, Clay might be a little bit of a, a, you know, a game changer. But, I mean, Magic, Kobe, he just, those are those names where it's just like those guys were driven to win and driven by winning. I have to take the Lakers as well, which sets up the same matchup for us on both sides. The Chicago Bulls taking on the L.A. Lakers, um, an amazing you know, when you think about how great the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, um, you know, has been throughout the gen- you know generations of basketball, if we had the opportunity to see these starting lineups against each other, this would probably be the rivalry that we'd be talking about, you know, for all ages, Lakers yeah. uh, versus Bulls. So who do you have winning this one? I'm going to see if we're the same here or not. Yeah, you look at it here, um, and we talked about it in the last matchup when it comes down to positions and the matchups and how they would fare. So you look at it from the standpoint of just going across the board here. Derrick Rose matched up on a, a, a Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan and Kobe face off. I mean, what basketball fan wouldn't just absolutely love to see that? Jerry West on the perimeter with Scottie Pippen. Um, I mean, Dennis Rodman going up against Shaquille O'Neal or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Artis Gilmore, the size, trying to slow down Shaq. Um, I'm going to probably differ with you on this, Ethan, and I think the Lakers win in seven. And the reason I say that is because of the matchup with Jordan and Bryant, you're probably going to have a wash there. And I'm saying that from the standpoint of both players are probably going to average 30 to 35 points per game. So there's not really going to be an advantage there. I think the advantage is Shaq. We talked earlier, Jordan is the greatest winner of all time. LeBron's the most complete player of all time. Shaq is the most dominant player of all time. And I think in this scenario, Shaq's dominance and just the unguardable ability that he had on the low post is the edge for the Lakers in seven. They beat the Bulls. We do not differ. Great minds, oh. great minds Ooh. think alike. Uh, I, this right. might be the Laker fan in me. 
uh, growing Ooh. up watching Lakers basketball. Um, but I would definitely choose the Lakers in this situation as well. Like you said, I think it would be you know Kobe versus uh, Kobe versus Michael, and they would go back and forth. And I think they would be you know pushing each other. You know, we would probably have right. you know both those guys could score fifty a game, honestly. Right. And then it just comes down to who else wants it. Um, I, I think Magic versus Derrick Rose would be so much fun to watch, kind of that you know that new school versus old school mentality. But like you said, Shaq is the most dominant player, and if you can't match Shaq when he's on, you have no way of stopping Shaq. And I think that Shaq would be so fired up to be out there and uh, bringing one back to Los Angeles. I, I agree with you. I think the Lakers definitely take that. I think it would be a best-of-seven situation. Um, and it, it does come down to the supporting role. I would love to see Dennis Rodman against Shaq in that situation, those guys in their prime really firing off against each other. Um, right. But when it comes down to it, you know, I, I think you might have that disadvantage you know, you might look at Jerry West, but then again, these guys, when they were in their prime, they were the greatest players to ever step really on the hardwood, I, I feel, for a lot of the players that would be in this game. But yeah, I definitely take the Lakers with you. I completely agree. So you look at it here, though, Ethan, you, you, I think the big breakdown here is Jordan, the number one player on the Bulls, probably Kobe, the number one player, perimeter player on the Lakers. But when you look at the post, that's where... Shaq separates himself. Obviously, Bobman, a fantastic defender and rebounder, but the size and the power of Shaq against the frame, you know, Artis Gilmore, 7'2", but he didn't have the girth and the strength that Shaq would bring on the on the post. So I feel like Robin and Gilmore would struggle when it comes to guarding and also foul. So you're looking at Shaq really changing your lineups, changing your strategy, and really opening up things for the other players on his team. Um, Magic versus Rose, you know, obviously Rose with the athletic ability and the advantage, but, you know, Magic, he played center in 1980 in the finals with Kareem Hurt. So, you know, he has the ability to play all five positions, so he can just put his back to the basket and take Derrick Rose into the paint. Um, so I just think the matchups favor the Lakers when you really break them down, even though the Bulls probably have the greatest player of all time. Yeah, and then you know the one the one characteristic that we're not really putting into a lot of this is the bench, and the Lakers bench would have a lot of talent coming off of it. I mean, guys like you know lesser guys that you might not you know you talked about James Worthy earlier, but guys that you might not think of like a guy like Robert Ory coming off the bench who's yeah. going to shoot lights out. You know, even yeah. given it. Yeah, you have so many just talented guys that, you know, people don't think of. Paul Gasol, you know, I mean, just there's yeah, talent around right. that Lakers organization as there's always been. Um, and I, I think you give that as well to them. Not saying that there's not great other, you know, other guys that would come off for Chicago, but I think even if you looked at it and broke it down by the bench players, the Lakers would still have the advantage um, over Chicago. But again, I, I would love to see this matchup. It could, if it could have ever happened, you know, Man. if we could ever have dreamed this the way we wanted to, that'd be so phenomenal uh, to see. But Josh, what a great segment this has been. Both segments have been fun. Uh, it's great to be able to talk kind of the hypotheticals uh, that we'll never get to see. Um, maybe, like I said, there's a good possibility we might be able to put these lineups together hey. and, and play a little 2K or at least watch it. I think it'd be just fun to simulate right. and see what would happen there. Um, yeah, man, it it's great. I love the hypotheticals, and that's what makes sports so great is the conversation 
never truly ends. You always have these opportunities to talk about this, and it's so much fun. Absolutely, man. Well, Josh, it's been great talking to you, man. Great catching up with you. I hope you uh, are down to do a few more of these as uh, hopefully basketball season comes back. We can chat a little bit more uh, on the NBA, man. Yeah, man. I really appreciate the opportunity and look forward to more conversations down the road. Awesome. Well, for this segment, Josh is on his way out. When we come back from our final break, uh, as we do every single time, it's the Schmidt break, and we're going to sit down uh, with my good friend Justin Kleiner to let him vent about whatever he wants to vent about. So that's coming up after the break. Well, everyone, we're back for our final segment. As you guys know, it is the Schmidt break, and a little bit different this time. Justin and I not in the car together recording this one. Uh, it is Memorial Day weekend that we're recording this one, so he is home with his family. I'm home with my family. We hope that you all are out, and you're uh, honoring those who have fallen and uh, defended this great country um, on this Memorial Day uh, weekend, at least. And, and Justin... Uh, Obviously, I know both of us growing up in this uh, in the Clarksville area, we've been around Fort Campbell, so uh, Memorial Day is something that is uh, very big, I feel, in our community, along with Veterans Day, and really just everything that has to kind of do with uh, military appreciation because Fort Campbell is so close. Sure, I, I absolutely, and just to echo more on what you said in the opening, you know, we, we have so many freedoms uh, in this country. Pe- people have no idea. Uh, you know, I don't think they do anyways, especially some of the younger generations just have no idea uh, what all, you know, people have fought and died for and sacrificed for to make this country as great as it is today. You know, everybody wants to you know, stand around and bitch and complain all day about, you know, all the injustice in America and all the inequality, you know, and while we may not be a perfect nation, um, we're the best nation that's ever existed. There's more freedoms here than there is anywhere else. If you need any proof of that, look no further than women's soccer. Um, there's a reason the women's soccer team does so well in the United States, and that's because they have more freedoms than any other women across the entire globe. Uh, so they're able to play soccer from a young age. There's, you know, all kinds of resources dumped in them to be able to play that sport. Uh, and it's just not like that the rest of the world. So, you know, I know that's kind of a exaggerated, you know, explanation there, but, you know, we are very thankful for those who have sacrificed, uh, especially those who've made the ultimate sacrifice to, you know, let us be able to do what we do. You know, they, they give me the right to sit here and voice my correct opinions on a podcast. So that I'm very thankful for. The original title for this segment, Correct Opinions with Justin Kleinert, as you told me <laughs> when we were very first going to start this off. So Justin, uh, something that kind of uh, has, has spurred off of The Last Dance, and I know you've been mad at me because I haven't finished The Last Dance, but I promise that's what I'm using this weekend to really get into. I, I've been watching, finishing up the episodes. For those who don't know, I moved back to Tennessee, did not have uh, TV or internet for like three weeks that I was here, and it was the final like four or five episodes. So I, I kind of missed out on the ending of it, but I'm catching up now. But spurring off of that at this moment, they're actually talking about doing a nine-part series in 2021 with Tom Brady. Uh, For me, at least, I think it's going to be a great series. I don't know if it lives up to the height of The Last Dance, um, but we are talking about, you know, a lot of people say that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time when it comes to the sport of football. Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball. Some people even say Michael Jordan, the greatest athlete of all time. Do you think the Tom Brady series is going to live up to the Michael Jordan series and a little bit of a follow-up question with that. What do you think we're going to get see covered during the Tom Brady series? Well, so first off, I mean, you just have to acknowledge what a great production the last dance was. 
Um, you know, I'm not a huge ESPN fan here in recent years just because some of the political moves they've made. Um, I think with new leadership in ESPN, they're kind of starting to get away from, you know, kind of being political and just get back to sports. And I think this was a great example of that. Um, you know, th- there's about five There's about five people that I can think of right off the top of my head that I would like to see a last dance style um, documentary or autobiography or whatever you want to call it done on them. And, and number one, I think it would be Tiger Woods. Uh, you know, not including Michael Jordan. Okay, so his is already done. So I think I'd like to see one on Tiger Woods. I'd love to see one on Peyton Manning. I'd love to see one on Tom Brady. Um, I think one that's going to kind of come out of left field on you here um, would be Michael Phelps, just what he's been able to do. So I would love to see one on him. Uh, And then lastly, you know, kind of with his death recently, I think, you know, it may exacerbate, you know, want to see one on him. And I don't think it'd be quite as good again because he isn't living, uh, but Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, and then I think eventually, you know, you'll see one done on LeBron. And, and I think the, the last dance is setting a good precedent for what we, for kind of what we can expect out of productions like this now. You know, used to, it would just be a, you know, 45 minute to an hour and a half, uh, you know, documentary on these things, whether it was a sporting event or an individual. And I think the last dance has set the bar high. Uh, so I think it really just depends on you know, how much Tom Brady's willing to expose in this, you know, because I I think Michael Jordan was really reserved in this. Uh, But again, you know, he was willing to sit there and answer questions. So I guess, you know, he does have ultimate editing authority in it. Um, So I think it just depends on how upfront Tom Brady will be. Um, I would rather see it at the end of his career versus, you know, before his career is over. Uh, But again, that could be him leaving the door open. Um, But, you know, I think anytime you can put a production like this on, uh, I think it's great for, the, for you know, the sporting community. Uh, and, of course, you know, in 2021, we're going to expect some different times than we have now. Um, so I don't know if the viewership will be as high for it just because there's not, you know, hopefully in 2021 there's not as much thirst for some type of, you know, sport. Um, but I think it's going to be great. Again, I would like to see it after he's retired, and I don't think he'll be retired in 2021. Uh, but I think it's going to be a great production and just to kind of coattail off of Tom Brady doing one. Uh, the reason I didn't throw Bill Belichick in my top five is I don't know that he would ever sit down and do one. But I'm telling you, you talk about a special treat for treat for sports fans. Bill Belichick, if he could sit down and just go over his career as a coach and the decisions he's had to make with players, man, would that not just be solid gold? Yeah, that'd be awesome, especially if he was willing to, like you said, just talk about his entire career as a coach. I would like to see one about Nick Saban as well, uh, just kind of that growth from LSU to the, not having the success in the pros to coming back to Alabama. I would love to see something on Saban. I, again, another coach that I don't think would do that. Um, he, I don't think he'd really want that attention drawn to him um, per se, much like Bill Belichick. But, yeah, I could definitely see You know, those would be just awesome. I think I would sit there and make sure the popcorn was popped for both of those if I was watching. But I agree with uh, everybody. You know, we're going to see the Lance Armstrong 30 for 30s coming up. It's a two-part sure. series. Um, that's, that one's got a lot of uh, craziness just following his career through, you know, just his success through the scandal and, and his where he's at in life now. So that's another guy who is just a, a difference maker in his sport. Um, you know, one, one that I think that we could probably get a few um, – a few or a few episodes off of as you mentioned earlier uh women's soccer the team USA women's soccer just watching their you know rise through the Mia Ham days to not being uh you know to the year that they lost uh 
to China on penalty kicks and then coming back mm-hmm. and just dominating, you know, the world four years later, you know, that I think that could be a great series um, as well with uh, with yeah, women's and, soccer. And I think your headline with women's soccer could be how highly they're compensated for what they do. You know, their percentages for what they're compensated of the total revenue for that sport is astronomical. So, you know, I think that would be a great lead in, you know, but I, I think some of the sports media is probably a little too liberal to lead to lead with that. Definitely a changing way for them. Now, talking about a change in uh, kind of the way that we've seen things throughout the world here is uh, Eli Manning joining Twitter. You said that this is something we had to mention. Uh, Eli Manning joins Twitter, and he's greeted by one of the best tweets of all time, by, I guess, one of the greatest trolls of all time, if you will, uh, Tom Brady, saying, you know what, Eli, it's fitting you show up now because you normally don't show up into the fourth quarter anyway. Yeah, absolute gold, Eli Manning on Twitter. Not a huge social media guy. Uh, just trying to check it if there's any you know highlights I need. I think Twitter is great for sports. I think it's a great way to communicate what's going on in sports. And for Eli to jump on there, it, it has just been great. Uh, he, you know, the I think what it's highlighted is the amount of trash talk that professional athletes have. You know, anybody that's played any type of organized sports over the years knows. You know, you have to have a skill to be able to trash talk, and and I think we've seen that. You know, with uh, with Tom Brady and what he's done today, uh, and some of the trash talk he's had in his uh, <laughs> in his the the match that they're having uh, with uh, you know Phil Tiger and and him and Peyton, uh, trash talk is so amazing. I think it's one of the underrated parts of sports, and it's not covered enough. Uh, just because I think you know, with our pearl clutching society, I don't think they could. I don't think they could handle that much. Uh, but I think it's great. I think it's good for the sport. I think it. You know, you want to keep it somewhat clean. You know, every now and then you're going to have some words drop that may not be safe for TV. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, trash talk is so much part of sport. You know, whether you're talking about golf, football, baseball, basketball, and uh, you know, I think Eli joining Twitter has just shown you know, how great the trash talk is, you know, because again, we, idol, you know, people idolize these guys so much and they put them on pedestals and, you know, just like for watching, for instance, watching them, you know, although Manning and Tom Brady are probably one and two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to ever play in the NFL, you know, you watch them swing a golf club and all of a sudden they're human again. Uh, so I think, you know, trash talk kind of humanizes these guys. And it's just a great part to watch. And I think Eli's really opened the door on Twitter with that. It's definitely been some good entertainment value over the last few hours since he's been on. Another storyline, and I know you were big on this one because you actually informed me I was I I did not see this until you were talking to me. But the founder of Bar uh, Barstool Sports is going to get the ultimate sit down. Uh, after uh, donating or spending at least uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars to sit down with Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, um, and from what we've heard, he is ready to grill the commissioner throughout the entire process. So uh, definitely a, a fun moment. I think Pat McAfee has a response to it. I haven't seen that response to it, but I'm sure he is absolutely loving every second of this. So I believe his name is Dave. For Tony, uh, if I'm excuse me, if I'm butchering that, I'm not cultured enough to know. You know, do know that he is the founder of Barstool. Um, Barstool's done a great job in sports media coverage. You know, they bring a little bit of the boys type humor to it. You know, just just a high entertainment value, and then they cover sports and cover a little bit of where culture and sports intersect. 
Um, I, I think they do a great job at what they do. Um, now, of course, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate anybody that's opinionated uh, because I know, <laughs> I know I'm no one to judge there. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's going to be good. I, I'm curious to see the outcome of it. What would be good is if they could find a way to live stream it. Um, also, I think, you know, again, by the time they sit down to do this, I think we're going to be in a different place uh, with all of, you know, the lockdowns and stuff that people are under now. Uh, but, yeah, getting to sit down, uh, I would love to be a fly on the wall there just to hear the conversation uh, and just, you know, bring a little bit of normal. You know, Roger Goodell is given – he catches a lot of slack, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the NFL is the greatest organized sports league ever, hands down. It's not even the hardest. And, and Roger Goodell's been a pretty big part of that. Uh, so, you know, why he does get a lot of flack, uh, you know, I think you've got to give him a lot of praise, too, because he's helped keep the sport where it is. He's went through a lot of, you know, ups and downs and bad publicity coming toward the league. And I think he always finds a way to get it rebounded. And, you know, again, I think he catches, you know, most of the negativity but doesn't get recognized when he does do something well. And, uh, you know, so I think it would be a good conversation to witness. Hopefully Dave cuts him a little bit of slack. You know, obviously when people talk over Twitter um, or on a podcast, they're a lot tougher than they are in real life. So, you know, maybe we would see more of a realistic conversation than the two. But, you know, definitely two really smart men sitting down. So I think it would be a great conversation to just hear yeah, I, w- I would love to be on the fly on the wall as well. I think you add in, uh, how fun would it be to add Pat McAfee into that uh, basement? It would be incredible. I mean, <laughs> Pat McAfee added to anything, it's going to be solid gold. Uh, you know, I think Cuban and Barkley and Shaq, and then we're going to sit down and join him. Uh, so if you're if you're listening to this, make sure you go check that out, because uh, by the time we've lost this, that will have already happened. So that needs to that, that that that's going to be some good stuff there. So anytime you add Pat McAfee to something, you you it's a win. I mean that that guy's just great at what he does. Uh, if he, if ESPN knew anything about what they were doing, um, they would open the checkbook and put him in the Monday Night Football booth. I agree. I love Pat McAfee. I think he's uh he was so extremely fun to watch uh, with the XFL for its short lived second run. And uh, I'm a big wrestling fan, and and Pat does a lot of the wrestling shows, um, and he is phenomenal on those as well. His energy is just absolutely unmatched. Well, Justin, it's been a phenomenal Schmidt break. I'm glad we got a chance to catch up with each other. Uh, like I said, not normal conditions due to uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend and honoring those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for this great country. Uh, make sure you guys are honoring them throughout this weekend, remembering what Memorial Day is all about. I know this will air after that, but still just remembering uh, on Monday what that whole day is is actually about. But this time for the Schmidt break, we are out here, and that also will end Episode 5 of Talking Schmidt. Catches on Thursday for Episode 6. I don't know what the uh, what the rundown is going to be for that, so I can't really uh, push anything else on that. But I know we'll have a Schmidt break, and Justin will join me again on Thursday. But for Episode 5, we are out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys join us again later this week. <laughs>